0: They deploy things in football, right? I went for Ryan over clarity.
1: Oliver and Jonathan to Lawrence. Right through for Fuller. Fuller's beaten Larson here. Ricardo scores for
2: Snow. Ten minutes to go, and it could yet be a celebratory ninety in the Potteries.
3: Good things come to those who wait. Hello, and welcome to episode thirty-two of the Wizards of Dribble podcast. My name is David Callowshaw, and I'm joined by Chris Brammer. Good evening. And Ben Cartwright.
2: Good evening. How are we? I'm
3: very well. How are you
2: guys? Yeah, I'm. <laughs> yeah, I'm well. How are you, Ben? Yeah, I'm fantastic. Absolutely, really well. I did just trip over my chair, which caused some significant noises <laughs> pre-recording of the podcast, which um, sent the other yeah. the other podders into <laughs> despair. But I am okay. It's it's a good, it's a good start. Yeah. <laughs> kind of
3: slapstick which uh, kind of summarised perhaps elements of our second half performance at the Emirates. Uh, Stoke th- uh, Stoke won Arsenal 3 in London. Same old story but plenty to discuss. But we'll start by introducing a new feature. Ben, can you explain
2: what this new feature is? Okay, so we asked people to come in and get involved with the Wizards of Drivel podcast. Obviously we've had a few people come on a few guests come on the actual podcast but this is an easier way for anyone that's a Stoke fan really to get involved and and it's got a great name coined by yourself David it's it's roving reporters we are looking for roving reporters and we've we've had two already in our first week after the Emirates game which you will hear in due course um but we haven't mentioned the the idea on on the podcast before because it was sort of an idea that came to me in a garage while I waited for my car to get its MOT um, the place where all great <laughs> ideas stem from. Um, but yeah, depending on interest from listeners, because it, it literally depends on you at home. If, if people get involved with this idea, then it could it could be a sort of staple of the pod. But if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Um, so essentially, we're looking for some eyes on punditry in the immediate aftermath of any Stoke City game. Um, so whether that be a Premier League game, obviously a cup game. I mean, I had thoughts maybe even Youth games and and the women's team as well, but we'll see. If, we'll see if it snowballs to that extent. Um, and anyone that wants to become involved as a roving reporter is more than welcome to become involved. All it takes is sending about 30 seconds to a minute of content in the immediate aftermath of the game, as I mentioned. Um, your thoughts on the game. That might be what you thought of the performance. If we thought played if you thought we played well maybe you've got some thoughts on the atmosphere if it was particularly good or particularly bad anything about the game maybe even if you enjoyed the above at half time um but if you're interested <laughs> in the idea then you can just send them in, send us an email at wizards of drivel podcast at gmail.com or get involved through the usual means I mean on facebook or if you know any of us personally then give us a a message stop us on the streets if you recognize our faces um, but yeah so I'm sure we're going to listen to the two roving reporters now
3: yeah uh, who have we got to thank for
2: sending us clips today Uh, this week we've got Alex Marrow and David Cartwright ah bit of nepotism
3: early doors here from the Cartwright clan (laughs) we'll have we'll have his clip followed by Alex Marrow so there's a half as well, keep the cliche going. So lost the first half and were very much um, the superior team. We just couldn't get the extra goal that would have given us the superiority that we deserved. Also scored just for half time and then in the second half, before we even touched the ball, there were two and ahead that stage. Looked like it could be a rout in the hands. We had a when we also came and that was sort of the end of the game. Sadly, another season goes by without any point at all
0: from the Emirates. Great stadium, awful fans. Great amateur, meaning from the Stoke fans. Hi, Wizards of Drivel. I'm just on the way back from the Arsenal game. I have to say, I think it was possibly the best, but certainly the most positive display at the Emirates in the Premier League from Stoke I think that we started really well um, and it was good to see us going with that formation again the first 20 minutes particularly we had them on the ropes um, Muni Essa nearly scored goal of the decade and yeah we just looked pretty good any chances we gave them were all of our own making um, and Bula still looking a bit rusty at times but other times fantastic and yeah you know it's great to see Adam sort of the antithesis of everything Arsenal scoring the goal and I think we really gave a good account of ourselves but ultimately, we just ran out of steam and you have to give credit to Arsenal because they are a very good side and they played really well. And I think that, you know, it's a good platform for us to build from and a good performance to have in North London. But the fact that we finished with Ramadan, uh, Ramadan Sobi and, of course, deploying Goy on the pitch was a really positive sign.
3: So that was that. Thank you to Alex and David for their contributions. Uh, so a few things they, they'll have touched on there that uh, we want to get into same old story, at the Emirates for stoked, another defeat to Arsenal, these are getting pretty tiresome now, but uh, I think most people kind of saw it as a better performance than we've produced there for a long time. Mm-hmm. Chris, would you agree?
4: Um, yeah, I, I'd agree, I'd agree, I had no expectation whatsoever, um, as <laughs> we, we've grown accustomed to these matches, haven't we? And... Um, I think I think the the match that Stoke fans care more about is the the home leg of these games. Um but no it wasn't a case of roll over and get spanked by Arsenal as we feared and as has happened in the past. I thought it was quite a um I don't know. I, 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 it no it was a good performance. We were we messed up at, at times and that's what cost us. Arsenal are a good side. They're rightly at the challenging for the title or whatever this season so uh, it's fair enough I think it's the hope that kills you as uh, Elliot said on Bear Pit from Bear Pit TV on Arsenal fan TV and getting a goal taking a lead at the Emirates oh could we do it and you just knew it wasn't going to happen but you hoped it would Um, a lot better than I probably expected but I didn't expect much so there you go
3: yeah, Ben, uh, we're all, um, as, as usual, we're all fairly accepting of a defeat at the Emirates, but what, what were the positives for you? What uh, what stood out as uh, something good to take
2: away from the game? I think the fact that we actually created chances uh, it cannot be underestimated in any way, because at the start of the season, we were playing difficult teams, and we were just playing so badly that we created absolutely nothing. But there were chances there, I mean... Jalen has now had a had a couple in a row where maybe at the start of the season he would have put it away I mean this one he's, he's put wide but on another day that, that finds the back of the net and, and we had other chances obviously the Muneza one, the famous one didn't get shown on Match of the Day even but I mean we've got I think we've got to be happy that we created chances
3: Match of the Day didn't show Juve's header either, they were very uh, one-sided highlights I thought, now of course I, w- I would think that because I'm a Stoke fan and you know, I, I don't like watching chance after chance from the Arsenal <laughs> end uh, for the whole duration. But yeah, there was a couple of uh, highlights. I think they missed uh, from our end. Uh, any other positives?
2: I think I think we have to look from a from a bigger perspective as well. Looking at our form, we've won the last we won five out of the last eight games, which I sort of did a bit of in-head maths on my on my way to, into central Manchester this morning, just to have a think of that. And and I think that would put us on about 60 points at the end of the season, give or take, I think, a couple of points here or there. Someone, I'm sure, will tweet in giving me the correct number of points that would give us if it was sort of extrapolated to the whole season. So if we can cont- continue like that, then I'm going to be more than happy. And, and I know it's exciting to beat the Man City, the Man United, of this league, a la last season, but I would... In a way, prefer if we beat the teams that we were expected to beat and then it's okay if we lose this game against Arsenal at the Emirates because Arsenal and the Emirates are a a, a very decent team um, and obviously we struggle even more against a very decent team in at the Emirates so... Yeah, if I just I'm just looking in the bigger picture, especially with such an important week coming coming up this week with the two games against Southampton and Leicester. I think we should be looking at those two games and hoping that we get results, rather than looking at this game and being like, oh, it's it's so disappointing because, I mean, it is disappointing in a way because we never do anything at the Emirates, but we did more than we normally do, and I'll take that.
3: Yeah, I think that's very true, and I also think Arsenal this season are probably. The best iteration of Arsenal we've probably ever played in the Premier League. Maybe last season when they were thinking about the title, they were very good as well. But since we've been in the Premier League, they haven't been title contenders, and it's only in the last couple of seasons that they truly have been that. So, uh, very good side. It, it's hard not to admire players like Sanchez and Ozil when they're on form as much as mm-hmm. we don't like the team they play for. So, <laughs> yeah, we did. We did have that. 10 minutes or whatever it was when we were 1-0 up and it was just a a, just a time to enjoy that 10 minutes really Um, it's a shame we couldn't go just hang on till half time and just have 15 minutes relaxing knowing we were ahead but um, yeah uh, we're taking the positives from this one definitely with this being Arsenal stoke though there's always some controversy going on Um, (laughs) let's start with the penalty I don't get why this is so controversial, uh, Chris. From my point yeah. of view, the ref has got this 100% spot on. But I don't know if you disagree.
4: That's because you're a, a dirty orc from Mordor, Dave, <laughs> and you don't you don't understand the Arsenal way. Um, no, it's a it, yeah. It was 100% a penalty. 100%. Um, I mean, you could you could argue at a push that in years gone by that wouldn't be the case um and that you know they've clamped down more on those type of challenges um but no like when i think of some of the things we've been penalised for that was a <laughs> that like, that was possibly that was worse than some of the things that we've been penalised for yeah. so yeah it was a penalty definitely yeah
3: i don't think it was a red card by the way um and hmm. and i know some stoke fans might disagree with that i don't think he's Intentionally swung an arm at him, but he's just bloody fallen into him, knocked him over. It's a definite penalty. I don't know how anyone can argue otherwise. But uh, there you
2: go. It's Arsenal Stoke. There's always something going on. He's lamped Joe Allen in the face. I mean, I don't know if that's <laughs> that's Granite Jacker being jealous of Joe Allen's beauty, but if yeah. in any other game, that is a penalty, and there's no there's no argument about it. I saw it. And I was like, what? How are people saying that's not a penalty? How are Arsenal fans saying that's not a penalty? Oh, it really gets me riled up. (laughs) So, let's see if this gets you riled up then. Um, Charlie Adam,
3: we're hearing today, won't face action for an alleged stamp on Alexis Sanchez during the build-up to Arsenal's third goal. Uh, Ben, you're pulling a lot of faces at me. How did you see this incident?
2: Well, I've got my negatives written down on my notes. I've got... I mean, the Joe Allen penalty didn't even make it. I forgot about that much. My negatives read Charlie Adam, Arsenal fans, Charlie Adam. I mean, if, he does it, if he's not going to get suspended by the FA, then I think Mark Hughes should do it himself. I mean, the fact that he's intentionally stamped on an opposition player, regardless of who they are and the fact that it's Arsenal and we, we hate Arsenal, fair enough, but you shouldn't be stamping on a, on a professional, I don't think, personally. Does that he, might be does a he
0: controversial.
2: 100%. Does he, he looks stamp down. He changes his gait, like he's running in a natural run, unless Charlie Adams sort of has problems running, you don't just sort of take (laughs) a short step. Especially as Iwobi is sprinting in on goal and then scores a goal all because of Charlie Adams' need to stamp on Alexis Sanchez's leg. I think it's absolutely (laughs) ludicrous behaviour from a professional. A professional as I pointed out on Twitter last night, that was the captain Mm. on the day. I just can't (laughs) get my head around it and and if I was Mark Hughes, if I was the manager, I know that, that Pulis would have done it back in the day. He wouldn't be starting on, on Wednesday against Southampton. I would be dropping him. I think it's I think it's embarrassing. I mean, if it stays 2-1, then who knows what could happen? Obviously, if we go down 3-1, that's that's the end of the game, really. But I just think it's such silly behaviour from Charlie. I mean, he's a very lucky boy not to be suspended.
3: OK, that's interesting because I've seen the replay of it twice. I haven't seen it from all angles. Um at uh, the, uh, the first viewing, I thought he hasn't stamped at all. He's just, like, sort of trod on him by accident. And on second viewing, I thought, oh, he might have trod on I, It's not like, it's not an obvious stamp. I, I think we saw this before with, like, Robert Huth at Liverpool or something, mm-hmm. where it's not, you know, clear as day that he's, you know, tried to really kick him. Um, I, I don't know. I think... I think you might be right that he's uh, been a bit naughty there, but it just wasn't clear to me from first viewing, and if the and it's he's, it's he's, he's a bit sly, perhaps. I wonder about that, but uh, yeah, I definitely agree uh, about if if he has intentionally stamped on a player, then we need to take action as a club because it's not the first time he's done this at Charlie Adam. He's done this against the same team, and he's got he's got pre- he's got previous for this. And, to be honest, apart from his goal, which was a well-taken penalty after a long wait, whatever, he didn't add anything to the game yesterday, uh, on Saturday, sorry. Yeah. So, and it's very frustrating to constantly have the same criticisms of Charlie Adam. Whenever he gets an extended run on the team, he kind of lets us down in these ways. And sorry, you know, he does a lot of good for us. Off the bench, I think he's perfectly fine coming off the bench, but given an extended run, and as a captain, you should be leading by example. And against Arsenal, I don't think he really did that. A mm. um, uh, Jace of this parish started an oatcake thread, uh, <laughs> just, just just highlighting the stamp, just or ledge stamp, just asking what posters thought of it. And he was, and there was a kind of reaction of, oh, what are you doing, grassing up a Stoke player? Why, why, why are you drawing attention to this? On a Stoke message <laughs> board about a Stoke player that's done a thing in a Stoke match, like, come on, can we grow up and accept that Charlie Adam sometimes is a bit of a dick? <laughs>
4: yeah, was it? It was Charlie Adam who they had the image of. Was it last season or whatever, where he's like completely wrestling? I think it was say Sanchez yes, as well, where just... it, it looks like he's got him in a sleeper hold. <laughs> um, but that's past yeah. though, wasn't it? <laughs> It was funny because that was another one that went completely unnoticed. I don't, I don't get this mentality of don't, don't grass him up, because you know we, shh, the, the FA, the FA are looking on the oat cake, guys, and they're gonna see <laughs> that you've noticed this, and then they're gonna punish him. Like how, how, how yeah. ridiculous.
3: Yeah. Since we were talking about the stamp, though, um, like I said, I'm not entirely sure. I've I've seen enough to uh, maybe can you know. Convict him if you like, but how, how did you see the incident, Chris? What, what was your impression of
4: it? Uh, um, in in real time, I thought it was an accident, and the more and more I've watched the clip back, the more I think, ah, uh, what if if it's I'll, I'll be diplomatic. If if it's an accident, it's bloody careless, and charlie adam he's a professional footballer and he needs to be just better like if it's an accident how do you do that um if it's on purpose which um, i do kind of think that it he he has got previous um then absolutely ridiculous absolutely ridiculous and he shouldn't play midweek i kind of don't think he will play midweek because I don't think he can play that many games in a row. Um but I'd I'm undecided. I'm probably more 60% was I think he probably did it on purpose, but I can accept it if the the FA have not found him guilty, so there there must be reasonable doubt.
2: I think I think the the reason or potential reason, I won't say for definite that the FA have of let him off is that the referee has seen it. I think if the referee sees it in real time, like you've both said in real time, you didn't think it was a foul. So if the referee sees it and thinks he writes in his match report or whatever, that Charlie Adams stood on Alex Sanchez, but he thought it was a complete accident, then he won't get banned for it. I think that's how it works. So maybe that's why I mean, okay. and I, obviously I can't, I can't say that it's for definite. We don't know how Charlie Adam thinks, but from my <laughs> view, it looked like he did it. And, I mean, in a court of law, you're not supposed to sort of consider people's previous crimes, but I mean, in football, I will do that. And I I think it kind of looks like, from what we've seen before of Charlie Adams, just another reiteration of of him being a bit naughty.
3: Okay, so another thing to talk about from this game then was the uh, press conference after, where Mark Hughes apparently stormed out. Um, It was in reference to a question about alleged... uh, sick chance directed towards Aaron Ramsey. Uh, we, we managed to get this far in the podcast without mentioning Ryan Shawcross or Aaron Ramsey. That's pretty good going. But, um, yeah, a reporter, I don't know from which uh, paper, asked, um, oh, there was some chants about Ramsey today. And before the question could be asked, Hugh said, I was, well, was there, I didn't hear any, and then sort of walked off ending the press <laughs> conference. So... Uh I'm I'm massively in favour of this. I think uh there there is a constant agenda to kind of whip up uh this uh, same old tired narrative again and again and I applaud uh Mark Hughes for not engaging with it. Whether there were any chance uh directed towards Ramsey, I don't know. Uh and whilst I, this is my position on all that stuff is I don't really like those kind of chants. I don't. I don't think they're really necessary. I think they're a bit. Uh, they're a bit poor. They're a bit in bad taste. But also, can we get some bloody perspective? Sometimes <laughs> he didn't die. No, he didn't lose anyone. He got injured in a football match. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, if we, can we can we be grown ups and just kind of. Allow allow ourselves to just accept that sometimes people will sing songs that you don't like at a football <laughs> It's just it's just so tiring. Just like all this constant like he said, she said about a tackle that happened six years ago, I think. Now, so
4: yes, yeah.
3: Uh, fair play to Sparky for uh, not doing what I just did and talking about <laughs> it.
4: Neither of them were there either. Like Shawcross wasn't there. Yeah, exactly. Lindsay wasn't there. It, it's the most. I think I, I don't want us to keep going on about it. Sorry, but it's. I, I completely agree with you, David. It's the most frustrating thing. I thing I hate these fixtures because it just brings out. It brings out the the worst in both set of fans. You get. And, again, a lot of my interaction with Stoke fans is on Twitter. And you get you always get the one person who's tweeting about, oh, Ramsey broke his leg first. If you look like almost JFK-style, oh, look, back and to the left. Like, it's a conspiracy theory. And, oh, he broke it, he <laughs> broke his leg, actually, before Shawcross even touched him. And then you get an Arsenal fan who's called something like simply Urzel, And they've got just... Instagram filtered pictures of uh, Giroud as their picture, and they're like, "Oh, actually, I think you'll find that Ryan Shawcross should be tried in the Hague for wards- <laughs> for crimes against humanity," and and it and I hate it because actually, yeah, it weren't very nice. Aaron Ramsey had a really bad injury; it was an accident. Both of them are now playing football, and really. How many other footballers have broken the legs, and we don't go on about it? Just, just both set of fans, get over it. It's, oh, I hate it. I absolutely hate it because it overshadows what actually can be quite good matches at times. But oh uh, well, uh, the 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 people who the Arsenal fans who compare it to like, oh, it's like Man United chanting about Hillsborough. It's not. It's nothing like that. But also stop chanting about Aaron Ramsey. Well,
2: the saying goes there are only two things certain in life. That is, of course, death and taxes. Maybe Stoke fans chanting about Aaron Ramsey should be added to that list. I mean, I was at a, I was at Grimsby Portsmouth over the weekend. Yeah, please spare a <laughs> thought. And I heard some disgraceful, literally disgraceful chants in in the in the terraces. There it was not, it was not nice to be there. I didn't like listening to them, but and about about Aaron, Ramsey. Not about Aaron Ramsey. I mean that's... About, I'm not even gonna bring up what <laughs> they Ramsey hate him in Grimsby because it was just horrific. Oh my God. Um obviously I mean it's a it's a lower level of football and it's got less the eyes aren't on Grimsby Portsmouth, <laughs> <laughs> surprisingly, but the fact that you still get people going on about how dis- how apparently disgraceful it is that Stoke mm. fans boo Aaron Ramsey it's just come on, as you say, Dave, get a grip a bit really. Um, I don't as as I agree with both of you. I don't particularly agree with Stoke fans booing Aaron Ramsey. It's not his fault. He got his leg broken. But at the same time, the people that moan about it so much need to get a grip, in my opinion. So yeah, there's my two cents.
3: But can we have a bit more moans about Arsenal fans? Yeah, yeah, of course, Because uh, um, just watching it back on match of the day, I just thought, God, can you imagine being an Arsenal fan, <laughs> like? they played some scintillating stuff at times they've got some amazing players they scored some lovely goals and you just see that you just see it cut to the crowd having with them having gone 3-1 up in a game against that's become a bit of a grudge match you mm. know it's not it's not an important derby for them or anything but you know it's got a bit of an edge to it it's an important league game it keeps the pressure up on Chelsea ball goes in the net cuts the crowd you you think the you know, just on a, a Ryanair flight that had just landed, <laughs> and it was just like, "Oh, polite round of applause, oh, please for Mister Sanchez." I just, Can... oh, oh God, I, I don't, I don't want to sound like a, you know, old fuddy-duddy who's like, "Oh, ooh, against modern football and all this," but that if you go to football and just can't, you know, get emotionally invested in it it just seems it just seems such a soulless place it just seems like it just seems so devoid of passion and i know there's thousands of arsenal fans with a genuine passion and genuine love for football but you just see the emirates just like polite rounds of applause for goals and bloody captain arsenal and gonerus and uh, padded seats and 8 pound burgers and it's just, it's just so far removed from what from my first game, <laughs> at home to Bristol Rovers all those years
4: ago. Uh, can we? My my one of my pet peeves, and it's such a small thing, is whenever you see a, an Arsenal goal being scored, look behind the goal because they have these like almost ball boy people but their sole job is to lift up the big arsenal flag and wave it very slowly (laughs) backwards and forwards and that's that's someone's that's a ball boy's job like i'm 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 all for flags and banners and things in crowds because that's pretty cool it doesn't need to be sanitized and like made into someone's official job it's just it, that's the word I'd use.
3: Sanitised. It's it? just
4: very, very corporate, and the and the and the the ladies, the the Emirate Air hostesses who are stood by the tunnel as the teams come out. And I understand football is a game, is a is a business, but bloody hell, it just seems such a um a corporate place. And like, it's a nice stadium. Don't get me wrong. It's state of the art. It's fantastic. But there's, I don't know. They they don't. Yeah, it, I, I I like my football clubs to be a bit rough around the edges, and
2: Arsenal don't have that. Did you see the? Did you see the? I don't know. I can't remember which team it was, but the team leaving the pitch, um, in Europe to through the like Emirates departure lounge desk, which is just incredible. Maybe we'll be seeing that next time oh that God. we've got Arsenal be stuck <laughs> at the Emirates. Fingers crossed. I
4: I think, I think it was Benfica, yeah, wasn't it, was, it? It was a Portuguese um, team. Yeah, it,
2: yeah. Benfica. <laughs> I just saw that and just, I, can ima- I can imagine an, an Ozil and Sanchez selfie saying, oh, just about to go off the pitch going on holiday. Yeah. Oh, the bloody player <laughs> selfies. God. Probably Pissed shouldn't me have mentioned well, that.
4: Bloody
3: player selfies. No. <laughs> um, and I know Arsenal aren't, aren't exclusive in this regard, uh, but it's just like with us having a recent rivalry, 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 rivalry with them, um, that you know, you go into these matches and get a bit hyped up. You know, think, oh, there's a bit of an edge here. There's a bit of a there's a bit of a tasty fixture, and then it's just like, as you say, Chris, completely sanitised. Uh, and uh, I know no, the, there's a different uh, conversation we could have about ticket prices mm-hmm. and the kind of the gentrification of football, particularly in London. Yes. yes. And I think that that's definitely a, a big cause of that. The kind of the working class fans being priced out and all that, but um, yeah, just like you, 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 you're winning, lads. Well done to you. Just you know, maybe enjoy it a bit more.
4: <laughs> oh, it's. It, I wouldn't want to be a, an Arsenal fan. Not. No.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I just want to be a Stoke fan. Yeah, forever.
4: <laughs> <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, I'd love their success, but. um no I think you're right Dave it's that, that gentrification of football it's all very uh, clinical and a bit too rich for my liking
2: I don't want their success I enjoy getting knocked out of the League Cup 2-1 by Hull City at home I'd take that <laughs> by, any day or by
4: Swindon Town
3: <laughs> uh, shall we talk about something happier then yes um,
4: they
3: they he, it happened. <laughs> it happened. I just... My my, fir, my first uh, instance of hearing this news was a text from my dad. He just said one word. Deployed. <laughs> I love it. Now, I'm sure uh, Julian's obviously delighted. Uh, it's a big moment in his career. It's a, a big moment in his life, probably. You know. Uh, first uh, outing as a premier league footballer
4: um but
3: i can't help but feel entirely <laughs> responsible for what just happened
4: yeah i think i think that i think you know what i think you should take some credit for it dave because where where would he be without
2: the movement Hey, eh? Dave, are you waving for the fans on Skype? Uh, you, you've got one arm up, and I'm wondering if you're like, "Thank you." <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I was just, I was just resting
3: my hand <laughs> against a wall. But uh, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll happily uh, take the plaudits uh, for now. The Julian Engoy uh, fan club has grown exponentially since we started the podcast, and since so uh, we. Just first uttered the phrase "Deploying Goy" just because <laughs> it. We, we went we went for rhyme over clarity, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like it was just so much fun just seeing all the tweets and stuff come in for <laughs> hashtag Deploying Goy. Um, even from I've still got some stickers left.
4: i was going to even from non Stoke fans though. That was the best bit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think I think if he score, if he ever scores a goal for Stoke in a Premier League game, then we'll be looking at Kim Kardashian levels of breaking the internet. <laughs> judging, judging from the reaction from coming on for, with five minutes left in a three one game, like losing a game three one and him coming on, just the reaction. If he scores a goal, if he scores a late winner or something, it's just going to be mental. If he scores a
3: goal,
4: I want some cash from the club. Because, um,
2: <laughs> if he is if he, written into his I contract, I want him.
4: I want him on the podcast. <laughs> like oh, I think, God, I yeah. think we should be we should be at that level now.
3: <laughs> See the 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 club clearly know about the movement because they they tweeted uh, with with the phrase deployed uh, just today, uh, but they they did a little post match interview with him where the interviewer, I think in an attempt to shun us just didn't mention the movement at all but uh hopefully he's aware of it hopefully he's aware what what we've done for his career you're
4: welcome. yeah the next step is we raise enough money so that then in the match day program his match day sponsor is just hashtag deploy and goi movement i think that's where we need to go (laughs)
2: or wizards of dribble podcast i reckon that could be a that could, that be, a could be a go
4: i think oh. so how much how much realistically right. someone set up the just giving page
2: yeah, yeah. oh my it, god it's
3: not it's not a charity is <laughs> it is it a go fund me we need to uh, yeah up? yeah i've so, got the oh, wrong i've got the oh, wrong god. crowdfunding <laughs> website
4: I, we could like
3: <laughs> yeah should we should we crowdfund some money for it and go shirts i mean i don't have a program on me and he might already have a sponsor but uh how
4: yeah? How do them. you do? How do you go about getting a shirt sponsor? Because like, I've seen like people like Tony and Jane's fish and chips sponsor like Stephen Island or something. So surely uh, we can. The,
3: the, oh, the best one is um. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you there, Chris. <laughs> um, the best one is that Jordan Shaqiri is sponsored by Wrights. <laughs> That's a genuine one.
2: That's the best current one. But when Wizards of <laughs> Dribble are the the permanent sponsor of Julian uh, Goy, yeah. that will be the best one. Right, I think, I think we have to end the podcast here so we can start, start that up going. <laughs> see you later, guys. It's been fun. Give us your money for the
3: uh, sponsorship. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, very much enjoyed uh, going back through the uh, Deploying Goy story. I, I've created a Twitter moment on the Wizards of Dribble Twitter page, which you can see. Uh, just like It details chronologically the history of the Deploying Goy movement from the very first tweet. To uh, when we were featured in the Sun, to uh, to to write at this moment, and I particularly enjoyed uh, going on the hashtag and seeing some of the, oh, remember when you wanted James Allaby in the team? Get real, get a grip. You know, he's 19 years old, and like just all the all the, all
1: the haters. It,
2: this this was definitely for the haters. I mean, he did mention he did mention the the Southampton game, and obviously obviously anyone any player is going to want to play in the next game, but. Imagine if he just gets in straight away again. <laughs> now, I've kept very quiet
3: up till now, but I would love it if he played against <laughs> South I would love it. <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh my gosh. I mean, oh. What
3: what what a great day. That just like completely whitewashed the result for <laughs> me. I was just like, yeah, we've lost whatever. It doesn't matter. We deployed and <laughs> gone. And it's only December.
4: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't want to bring it back down to earth, but Ooh, people won't were... No, don't. okay I won't I won't say a thing <laughs> let's just keep <laughs> it like this it's lovely he's going to be the best player ever
3: uh, Julian you're welcome um, so uh, we'll move on from this nonsense and uh, we'll get a bit of a transfer rumour going uh, it's, it's still December as I said January's uh, st- still some way away but uh, Stoke have been linked with Russian striker Fedor Shmolov I believe that's how you pronounce it, and we contacted Ivan Korch to give us his opinion from over in Russia about uh, what he's like and what, uh, what Russian people make of him, so here it is.
1: Well, hello everyone, it's Ivan from Russia, speaking just after the Arsenal's game. I'm not going to talk about that game because, well, it was obvious uh, results at the Emirates from Stoke. I hope someday we will get at least a point from that place. I'm going to talk about uh, Fedor Smolov, a Russian forward, who plays for Krasnodar Football Club. Krasnodar right now sits at at the 5th place the Russian Premier League. Krasnodar is a well-run club, uh, just like Stoke. Uh, Krasnodar... Got very uh, very wise owner, uh, Mr. Galitsky, uh, who runs not only just FC Krasnodar but only uh, a retail group of Magnit. It's some kind of uh, shop. Uh, not, not shop, department store. Okay, never mind. Uh, Fedor, Fedor is a is, is very good player, obviously. We, we rate him very much, even though he, he had some problems with uh, his time in Dinama and Anzhi and, uh, and so many clubs, uh, even in the Netherlands. Uh, but uh, then he loaned to Ural and to Krasnodar. And right now he plays a very huge role at this club, uh, moving move, moving them forward into the playoffs of re, of the Europa League and uh, uh, Russian national team. Right now uh, he is the best Russian forward, uh, that's for sure. I think even though Mark Hughes has dismissed uh, some rumors about him, but I think he could uh, be he could be a key player for us when he signed, obviously. Uh, he will be better than Bonnie, that's for sure. Unfortunately, Bonnie still with us. No, I, I obviously, I rate Bonny uh, and so on, but uh, look at what uh, Hasselou did uh, yesterday. We miss him very much. So, uh, everyone in Krasnodar, in the city of Krasnodar, is buzzing uh, over Stokes' interest uh, in small, because even though Stock is average club uh, in uh, in Russia, it is considered to be a, an average club, uh, but uh, Stock plays in Premier League and we are at uh, tenth place, uh, so top half for Smolov, for the Krasnodar and uh, everyone is hoping that someday uh, our for- forwards, not only just forwards, but uh, midfielders, uh, defenders will play in the best league of the world, it's Premier League, English, It's the English Premier League. So, I think if Stoke uh, can play at least uh, 20 million pounds or euros uh, for him, uh, Mr. Galitsky will be happy, and uh, Smolov will be a Stoke player. Yes.
3: There we go. Um, On Smolov, then, uh, we didn't play with a striker at Arsenal. To start with, we played on Altovici up front in not quite a false nine, but uh, we had several on the bench. Uh, does this mean a that Bonnie's time is up at Stoke and b do we even need a striker?
4: there's a different load of <laughs> Um. Yes. In short, I think I think Bonnie is. I mean Bonnie's gone regardless he'll be if if he stays for the season, he's gone for january um and I think Mark Hughes was very, very interesting in his post match uh, talk, saying that you know they were trying Arnie up front because in January they're going to be minus a few players, and they want to see how it works out. I think that a striker with with the news that is coming out with Smolov and everyone else not everyone else there's only one link at the moment but um <laughs> but, but, the, <laughs> but but I think but I think the fact that, that rumors and stuff are circulating now even if this one there may not be much in it I think that this is Stoke putting out feelers and now looking for that type of person I think if this is the system that we're going with and we're assuming that we're going to stick with the 3-4-3 we need that type of player who has a high work rate, who is strong, but also mobile. I don't know if Bonnie's going to tick that box. He's not going to be there in January anyway. Walters is 33, and so whilst he's been okay, he's not the long-term future. Crouch can't play that role because even though he he's, he's tall, he's he's not like a, a tank, and he's not very mobile. Um And Arnie. Arnie's best position isn't there Even he wasn't bad don't get me wrong he wasn't bad at Arsenal but I don't think his main position is there um, I think we do need a striker I think that that is what we're going to target I don't know if Smolov is the guy because having seen the rumour I then went and spoke to some friends over at footballgradlive.com and uh, they, they just reminded me of uh, all the Yarmolenko rumours and told me to go sit down and be quiet. So
2: <laughs> I think I think Arnautovic and obviously Shakiri and a, a third option that is yet undefined. I mean the third option in that sort of front three, if we are sick into three, four, three, I know someone's got in touch with the podcast. I don't want to sort of step on their toes too much, but the a perfect person to fit into that front three I think would be Ibrahim affali I mean He's a player who came to Stoke as a left winger and now he's sort of considered by many as a as a central player. But if there was that front three of, of a fluid front three with Joe Allen in behind, I don't see why why uh, Arnautovic, Shaqiri and Afolai and then Allen sort of fluid front thing <laughs> wouldn't work. I, th- I think there's That's a, a... There's definite potential that it could work. And obviously we've got Bojan sitting in the wings that I think would work much better in a central position I mean he struggled on the wing in the past but in that inside forward um, role that we've seen on Atifich and Shakiri take up in the last couple of weeks Bojan I think would work perfectly in there as well if, if he was able to get a bit, a bit of confidence which I know he is lacking at the moment but I think there are options and and if we are to continue without signing another strike obviously we're not going to sign one probably before Jan like sort one out before January because that's just not something that that Stokes seem to do Um I don't. I don't see why an option like a, a either a Shakiri on and Affly or Shakir on or Bojan or any sort of, of other options involved in those four players wouldn't work.
3: Looking ahead, then we've got a big week. Two home games. Uh, two winnable home games. Uh, but also at the same time, two games we might find it tough. Uh, Southampton and Leicester both visit the Bet Three Six Five. Guys, do you want to persist with this same system uh, for these coming games? Uh, or what changes would you make, if any?
2: I think we have to persist with it. I mean, we struggled against Arsenal because we let, we made a few mistakes in the second half and, and we didn't play our best football, as we haven't done for a while. Maybe that's the bigger issue. But against the, the, the weaker teams and Southampton and Leicester aren't doing, they're not doing fantastic at the moment, I don't think and I think we should persist with it. We created chances against one of the best defences in the league this season, I believe, in Arsenal. Um, and I think we do the same against Southampton. I know they've had a decent defence recently, but Leicester certainly haven't, except for that freak result against Man City this weekend. So I think we have to persist with the 3-4-3. With the four, three, three, four, three.
4: Yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah. Um, are we going to... Yeah, I think that... It's been it's been working, and to change a winning or a good formula at this point would be uh, would be ludicrous. Um, I think these matches are going to be difficult. I think that Southampton's always a difficult game, um, and I think Leicester will be coming on the back of a bit of confidence now, and they they're going to start the game fast and furious, and we're going to have to be on the ball to to be able to rock against it we can certainly do it we can certainly win but um they're they're those type of games that genuinely that we're we're not we're not favorites but then neither are they so they're awkward they're awkward games
3: yeah absolutely uh we'll just have some uh, quick correspondence then before we go uh we asked for the, the three word game reviews Uh, SCFC Joss and by the minute Stoke both had the same three words which was same every year. (laughs) Uh, Eric Grady Eric Grady said outclassed by talent. Uh, A question here from Chirag actually. Uh, Where does Shawcross play in the 3-4-2-1 when he returns? Does he play at centre-back, right centre-back? Where does this put Muniezer? He says Peters has been subpar for a while. Peters picked up a knock against Arsenal so if he was injured how would we kind of cope with that? Because there's not an obvious... Well, I suppose there is an obvious candidate yeah. Mark Muneza, but Mark Muneza has been playing at centre-half.
4: He has, but, I mean, who? no one else is going to be able to shift into that left wing-back position, are they? Like, it's it's going to have to be and it which will be a shame because he's played some really good stuff. But, I mean, Mark Hughes isn't going to put Joel Taylor or anyone in the team, so it's going to be... It, it, it will just be... Mark Muniesa. I mean, I don't know. Go on. Maybe the uh, effectiveness
3: of the deploying going movement will usher in a whole <laughs> new era of youngsters being given a chance. <laughs> I
4: mean, maybe, Dave. Maybe I think we're probably more more likely to see Mark Muneza though. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We're playing one of the, the teams of, in the league who are best at playing their youth proposition, so we're better to try out one of our own propositions. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah. I, d- I do like the look of Joel Taylor, mm. and it would be a genuine thrill if he got uh, on the bench or something, but uh, we'll have to see how Eric Peter's injury is to begin with. Mm.
2: Well, Joel Taylor's not in the under-23 team tonight. Just Ooh. to put that in
3: there. Ooh.
2: I don't know if it, I don't know if that's because Ooh. of injury or because he's generally going to start against. Is Shaw crossed on back for midweek? Have we said that? Because
4: if is is he is he back?
3: Because no if
4: he's not, I don't think he, so. I don't well, think if he's so. not, then who else have they got to play at centre back at the moment? Oh my god!
2: We probably should have checked that. <laughs> but let's let's yeah, the analysis. Let's counts. just
4: think. Let's just hype it up. Joel Taylor's going to start. Everyone. Joel Taylor. Come on.
3: Yeah. Play Tay. Hashtag play Tay. Play
4: Tay. I
2: could I could see I could see Dave's (laughs) the cogs in Dave's head whirring along there as he tried to come up with a hashtag on the screen. We we
4: were all sat thinking, what rhymes? What rhymes with Taylor? (laughs) Come on, come on, someone who's gonna get it first. Hashtag play Tay. (laughs) Okay.
3: Uh, hashtag Taylor is swift. There you go. have that one for free um, I think that's uh, a strong indication that it's time to wrap up here so uh, any final thoughts as we approach this uh, festive time any uh, hopes or, or fears for the
4: coming games Chris um, my hope is that we win both my fear is that we lose <laughs> 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 thanks for the analysis that counts no, no. on the Wizard okay, of the okay. podcast okay um, uh, we, we've got some tough games coming up over Christmas and it would be nice to get some points so these are two games that are winnable and we can do it but we just have to be on our on the ball come on
2: there we go <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if someone invited Alan Shearer onto the pod no I'm joking I thought um, it was
4: more, st- I was going Stan Collymore
2: come on <laughs> run that bath i've had a thought as it's the as it's the time of giving we get we're getting into this lovely period of of winter and christmas um that obviously we are a podcast and we're a podcast that enjoys getting listeners and a way to help us get (laughs) listeners if you are a regular if you are a regular listener is to give us a rating on itunes or or soundcloud or acast if or wherever you listen to the podcast i mean if you could give us a rating and let us know what you thought of the podcast at this special time of year i think i would personally yeah. really appreciate that
3: it's a gift you can give for free <laughs> how about that and speaking of being the time for giving we've got we had a giveaway on our twitter we decided to give away uh, a wizards of drivel podcast mug limited availability i've just uh, enjoyed a nice beer out of one of them not a traditional <laughs> Uh, thing to put in a mug, but there we go. Uh, so yeah,
2: is that, is that out of the is that out, out of the mug that you're giving away, <laughs> the beer drinking? Uh, that set yes, mug?
3: yeah, you'll get a beer stained mug. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no, you'll get you'll get a nice fresh one. Um, yeah, so mug and deploying Goy stickers. Deploying guy is still going. By the way, we we're, we've not we're not you know fully contented now. He's had five minutes. We'll, we'll press on till he gets his. Uh, first Premier League start, and then who knows from and then there. And then his hundredth, uh, so yeah, hundredth
4: cap for Stoke.
3: <laughs> and and then like the Belgian national team. And <laughs> so yeah, we we can take this Europe wide. <laughs> It'll be amazing. Um, so yeah, the mug and the stickers. I put everyone who retweeted that tweet into a random name generator. I took out the obvious bots that it just kind of automatically <laughs> retweet uh, these kind of conversations. And the winner oh. is Zach Deakin.
4: Way. Well done, Zach. Get Congratulations. Well done, Zach. Yep. Come on down.
3: <laughs> now, you've got the mug. That's safe.
4: That's <laughs> oh, well, that's that's a nice <laughs> gift for Christmas. Can people still get the mugs if yeah. they want to buy them, Dave?
3: I'm glad you asked, Chris. They can, of course. Uh, yeah, £8 plus postage and packaging. Um... Yeah, tweet us if you want one. I think that's it from us now. Excellent. Uh, Chris, thank you very much for joining me. <laughs> no,
4: thank you very much. Ben, thank you very much.
2: Thank you. Reminder for roving reporters if you're keen to emailing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh,
3: as always, tweet us your thoughts. Uh, retweet all our episodes. Uh, <laughs> like and post on the oatcake threads. As Ben said, subscribe on I- Subscribe on iTunes, leave a comment on iTunes. Just... Uh, we we want to uh, uh, really accelerate in terms of number of listens. So anything you can do to help us would be fantastic. And if
4: you and if you know anyone at Stoke who can get us in touch with Julian and Goy, and who can you know maybe get him to send us a signed picture, or 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 even you know like we or if we can send him a t shirt or something, like let us know because that's that's where this is going.
3: Yeah, so if you if you work at Stoke and just want to give us free stuff, that would be fine as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking like, in shirts, match tickets, you know. Uh, I really like the look of the awake, I'll have one of them. Um, it's Christmas after all. Yeah. yeah, thank you very much for listening. We did it everybody, we did it.